Do you regret your past? Do you wish things could have been different? If you do, how do you think your life would be different today? Who would you be? Where would you be? Do you think it's possible to actually fuel your future with your past? I do. I'm Amy, a life coach and personal growth mentor, and this is Roots Change, a Grow With Me podcast, episode 29. Let's be real. Some of our pasts are messed up and it does affect our future. We are influenced by the circumstances and events that take place in our life. But although they help shape us, they don't define us because every moment we're alive, we have a choice to do something different. All of the choices that we make influence where we are today and direct where we're going. And so if we look at our past through a different lens, the lens of a victor, we can actually use it to fuel our future. And today we have a very special guest to share her story of how she has done that in her own life. I've invited Dequessa Dean, a certified public speaker, published author, and self-development mentor onto the Roots Change podcast. And it was an absolute treat. After a near-death experience and devastating hardship, she realized the powerful process of inner evaluation and the beauty of living authentically. Now, Dequessa is dedicating to help other women boldly claim their purpose and live a fulfilling life. One of the best perks about editing my own podcast and not having a team is I got to hear her story twice. Enjoy. Today we have on our show Dequessa Dean. She's a certified public speaker, a published author, and a self-development mentor. There's nobody who can tell us what she does and why she does it better than her. So Dequessa, could you take just a few minutes and kind of give us uh, a rundown of who you are, what you do, and why you're doing it? Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Amy, to have this conversation with you and to share with your audience. Um, I empower women to feel confident in their authentic selves so that they can embrace, really embrace an invigorating life with purpose and ease. Um, it's not easy to, to step into our authentic selves, and I know this firsthand. Um, from a young child at the age of eight, I always knew that I wanted to make a difference in the world. I had dreams, I had goals, I had aspirations, but life happened starting at age 13. My primary nurturer died and with her, um, she took all of the love, affirmation, nurturing, self-esteem building activities, everything along with her. And, and nobody really filled that void. And so I longed for attention, for affection and for love to be displayed. I grew up in a large family. I knew that I was loved, but I didn't feel loved after my great-grandmother passed away. And so from 13 to about 30, I wandered through life. I was what they called a rebellious teenager. I, uh, I acted out uh, all for attention. I sought love in a lot of the wrong places. And um, 
I, I, I just, my life just took a course that I, that I was not exactly happy with, but I got attention and they say attention is attention anyway. So at least I was getting attention. Um, and from my, and from my teen years, um, a lot of things were spoken over my life. I was told that I would never amount to anything. I was told that I could not be successful in life. I was told that um, I could never find a good man and all of these things. I was told those things simply because I was acting out and it was really a cry for love. Um, and progressing from my teen years, I entered into a marriage where I was actually a victim of domestic abuse. I'm divorced from that marriage now, however, and my ex-husband is transformed. He is actually preaching and teaching now. So uh, that's a testimony to the transformative power that can happen when we harness the, um, when we harness and take responsibility for our actions and do the work to come out on the other side of that. And so as a result of all of those bad experiences, I found myself sitting on my bathroom floor where I was about to take my life and I didn't. Um, and I'm gonna tell you the story along our interview of what happened after I made the courageous decision to get up off my bathroom floor and find a new way of living. I didn't know how I would do it. I just knew that I had to find a better way for me and for my kids. And so I made the decision to live. And now as a result of all of the things that happened in my past, I now live my best life. I am a women's mentor and coach using the experiences of my broken and failed marriage, my domestic abuse, uh, my suicide uh, contemplation. And I use those lessons to, to help other women come through those situations. I use the challenges of my teen years to help young people, young teenagers, learn self-esteem, build personal character, social skills, leadership skills. And so the things that were meant or that could have destroyed me were actually the foundation upon which I built the successful life that I live today. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here with like chills. That is a beautiful story already and very empowering. And at the same time, I feel deep sadness because our stories are probably so very different and they look different from our own lens, but they are so similar. And I think it's beautiful that you're reaching into the hearts of young women before they are grown women sharing the story with somebody else. So that is exciting. You named your own episode and you called it fueling your future with your past. And I already see the glimpse of what this story is, but why don't you share with us more? Absolutely. Um, as I started to share earlier about sitting on my bathroom floor, contemplating taking my life, um, I remember it so vividly that Saturday morning I got up and as a dutiful wife, I started to clean the house and I created our grocery list. I went to the grocery store first thing that, that morning. I came home, I put the grocery up and I started to clean our home. Later that afternoon, I was wrapping up cleaning and the last room that I had cleaned that day was the bathroom. 
And as I finished cleaning the bathroom, I, I remember just looking around the bathroom and admiring how clean it was. And in that exact moment, a thought popped into my head. And that thought was, this is not the life that you imagined when you were eight years old. And when that thought came to mind, I started to think about all of the challenges that I'd faced as a teenager, all of the challenges that I was facing in, in that marriage. And I walked out of the bathroom down the long corridor into the kitchen where I opened a white refrigerator and pulled out of the refrigerator a bottle of orange juice. I just bought it from the store that morning. And I walked back down that corridor, back into the bathroom where I looked into the mirror of the medicine cabinet. And I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, what a failure you've become in life. I opened the medicine cabinet, pulled out a bottle of white tablets and with orange juice in my right hand and tablets in my left hand, I sat in front of the glistening white toilet and thought, how ironic is it that I would sit in front of a toilet that receives waste because I equated my life to nothing more than a receptacle that also received waste. And as I sat on my bathroom floor, um, thinking about taking my life, two things happened. One is, um, I remember that I had two beautiful children. And if I took my life, my son was three, my daughter was just going five, going on six. And if I took my life, they would forever be branded and their lives would be destroyed because they would think I didn't love them enough to stick around. And the second thing that happened, and I don't know if your audience is a, is a audience of faith, but I, I believe in faith. And as I looked up, coming out of the recess lightings, um, there were these rays coming down. And the rays reminded me of those Christian movies that I watched when I was a little girl, because I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, prayer meeting, Friday, youth meeting, Saturday, visitation. And as I sat there looking up at those rays, I remembered um, that everything in my life was supposed to work out for my good. And it was in that moment that I got up and decided that I would not take my life, but that I would find a way to improve my life. And very shortly thereafter, my ex-husband and I had a, a horrible argument and he locked us in the house because um, that was a control mechanism. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking on that occasion that he locked us in, that you have to leave. If you don't leave, this man is going to kill you. And so I took my little daughter. She was five going on six. I screwed the window as, as opened it as wide as I could. And I remember pushing her out of the window and helping her to stand on the ground and encouraging her not to be afraid to just, just believe in mommy, know you're going to be safe and to look out for your little brother. And then I put my son out of the window. And somehow I managed to squeeze, I was a size eight then, and I managed to squeeze myself out of the bottom pane of that window, ran to the neighbors, called a friend and asked a friend to come and pick me up. And I went to the police station. It was the first time in three, four years that I had ever reported my abuse. Um, that was the first step I took towards creating a better future. 
The second thing that happened to me, again, shortly afterwards, was a business executive approached me and asked to mentor me. Now, I'll be honest and tell you, Amy, when he asked me to mentor me, I said, Lord, not again. This is just another man who won't enter me. Because, you know, back in the day, pretty little girl, nice shape, attractive, you know, men were interested in more than just getting to know you. They wanted to really, really know you. <laughs> and so I said to myself, I said, no, I'm not going to do this. And then, then something in my mind said, well, listen, you already had rock bottom. How much worse can it get? And I said, yes. And that yes was the single most important yes that I've said in my life. After working with my mentor for 10 years, um, I, I finally got to the place where I was healed enough to begin to use the lessons of my past and feel my future with them. I knew firsthand what it felt like to be a young child longing for love, attention, and affection. I knew what it felt like to want somebody to just hold you and tell you that they love you, to teach you how to make cookies. I know what it felt like to be in an environment where it was a lot of busyness and a lot of people, but to feel so alone. I knew what it felt like to not have anybody talk to me about the changes that were going on in my body and to talk to me about sex, to talk to me about boys, to talk to me about the importance of schoolwork and to build the natural potential that was already inside of me. And so I birthed a nonprofit organization called Transition Mentorship Program. Through this program, we help young girls and young boys build self-esteem, personal character. We teach them social skills. We teach them about responsibility with the use of internet and social media. We teach them about personal branding. We do goal setting and vision board parties. We do parenting classes through this organization as well so that we can get to the root and help the parents as well. Um, we have My Daddy and Me, a, a daddy-daughter date night. And we're so privileged to have sponsors throughout our community so that we can offer these programs to the children free of charge. We take no salaries at all from this nonprofit. The, the, the desire is to help children avoid the pain that I felt. And I think it was Mike Murdoch who shared that pain can birth purpose. And so from the pain of my childhood, I fueled my future by creating that nonprofit and helping young girls and boys grow into all that they have been purposed to do. That's my nonprofit. I don't make money from it, but I get the most satisfaction in my life. Yes, it's it's like it's supporting a, a life's mission. It sounds like that is a gift, and you're right. It is such a privilege to have people there. Uh, to support you, your nonprofit in that way. There, I wish with all my heart that there was more things like that in every community, in every school, because these are the things that even if we have a family around us, we don't always necessarily receive that type of guidance in a lot of households. And so it's so, so needed. It's needed more than like anything I can think of in education today. It, it will change the world if we had more more of that. Yes. And I have a wonderful team of people who work along with me to help 
um, to help build these young people. They come into a safe space where there's no judgment. They share. Um, they're not scolded for the things that they think and they say, but they are coached and mentored. Um, and they're asked a lot of questions because it's through the asking that they begin to think and mm -hmm. reframe some of their own thought. That when you were sharing your story and it started really with that thought that you had in the bathroom. And I thought to myself, wow, first of all, I've been there and so many other people have. And so how, how quickly can one thought, one seed be planted and turn into something that chokes out the life in you if you're not careful? And the fact that you were able to take that thought that could have literally ended your life because when we get to that place, we no longer have the kind of control that we have when we are our true self. Like it's a darkness takes over and logic and reason are just out the window. And so for anybody who's listening right now, when you have that thought, that's when you call somebody. That's when you reach out. That is when you do something. That's when you push your kids out the window and you wedge your little body <laughs> up the bottom pane. Um, because that quick a thought can turn into something toxic if, if you're not paying attention. And I love that you're talking about how you're helping young people reframe their thoughts. That's that's the, what personal growth has been for me is all about this constant reframing of thoughts um, in my own life and as they come. So like healing the past by taking care of the thoughts that I have about the past and then moving forward. I also wanted just to know another thing that really gave me like the little goosies and when, is when you were talking about your abuser, your ex-husband, who's transformed his life. And this is a subject I think is hard for some people, some victims of like domestic abuse, any kind of abuse, honestly, is, well, first let me ask is, have you forgiven him? Yes, that was one of the steps that I had to take to heal myself. As I worked with my mentor, we actually wrote a list of people that either took advantage of me when they were supposed to nurture me or um, people that really hurt me deeply. And I had the awesome task of having conversations with some of them to really talk about those incidences because people see things through their lens, their reason, could be something totally, their action could have been meant in a totally different way than I received it. Not my, not in the case of my ex-husband, but in some of those relationships that I had to address. And so we did have conversations. I did forgive him. He is an amazing man. I love him today. He is an amazing father. He is, he is a provider. He is, he's thoughtful. He is, I mean, he is just kind and loving and he in in contrast to the personality that took him over when we would have those uh, incidences um he 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 was and has always normally been a quiet person and so 
seeing the other side of him after we got married, because I never saw it before we were married. Um, after we got married, meeting that part of him was difficult because it was so much in contrast to who I married. But learning more about his background and learning more about his history and learning more about um, the lifestyle and all that sort of stuff that he had prior to me gave me an understanding of why he did what he did. I've never, I've never made him feel as if it was okay, but I did forgive him because forgiveness releases me. And oftentimes we hold on to forgiveness in our lives as if that that's going to hurt the other person. We don't forgive them and we're going to be angry and have animosity and hatred towards that person. That doesn't hurt the other person. They've gone on with their lives. It hurts us. Right. So right. I, I had to forgive him and then I had to release the situation so that I could have ultimate healing. Very similar experience there. And forgiveness was, was hard hard for me, but it was definitely for just one particular person, but it was the most empowering thing I could have ever possibly done. And one area of forgiveness, which I don't know if you dealt with in this journey of yours, but for me, it was self-forgiveness. That was a, that, that was it. That was like the turning point is when, when we can forgive self, and by that, what I mean is some of the choices that we make and the decisions that we might make and how long we stay in a situation builds up a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. So did you have a moment like that as well? Yeah. So um, as it relates to the shame, I can say that I did feel ashamed of what was happening to me. And that's the reason why I didn't let people know for a very long time. Um, I was embarrassed as well that that could happen to me. Like, how could that happen to me? Um, and so, yes, uh, I felt very ashamed. And I also started to isolate myself because I didn't want people to see, be able to see or read it or whatever. And that isolation was dangerous because in isolation, I'm left with my own thoughts. And so in the isolation, that's what kind of took me down that tunnel to say, girl, just take your life because this isn't going to get any better. I only had my own thoughts, but if I had that trusted partner, like you shared about earlier, somebody to talk to and share with, um, then I think that would have been great. I can tell you, like I, I sat down today is, I sat down two days ago um, and I really had an introspective and reflective time with myself because I've grown a lot as a person, as a, as a coach, I help and mentor other women, but I also coach myself and, um, I got a pre-cancer diagnosis uh, last week and um, I started to sit down and think about why I didn't do my annual physicals for the past two years. And when I took it down to the root, because it's, it's not until you get to the root of why you do something that you can make a change. And when I got to the root of why I didn't take action, I recognized that I was so afraid of getting a cancer diagnosis because my mom passed away from complications from cancer. And so I buried my head in the sun when I got at the age she was when she was diagnosed. 
because fear crept in and, and fear is sneaky. And I didn't realize it was fair until I sat in introspection two days ago and said, why did you do this? Like you've been doing such a great job of being on top of this situation. And, and I had to trace it to fair, which is false expectations appearing real. Um, and so there, there are many times in our lives when we have to sit down and ask ourselves why we do the things that we do. Get to the root of it so that yes. we can understand the root action and then take a different action. And so when I was in that marriage, the root of me not sharing was about ashamed and embarrassment and not wanting people to know or talk about me because you have to give this image of a perfect marriage. Society has a lot of pressure on you to get married at a certain age, have kids at a certain age, and we give in to that pressure. And so, yes, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> you definitely did. Um, I'm actually spending this week just looking at my feelings. So like you, I'm a life coach and personal growth mentor. I feel like we're, you're further along in your life since you have went through your own healing. I'm like three and a half, four years and I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm using, I'm feeling my future with my past. And this week I was really I've only now started to pay attention to my feelings like in my body and using that to understand what's actually going on. So the introspection thing is something that I'm very, very serious about right now. And I will be putting into dealing when I work with other people, not just as coaching clients, but friends and loved ones and anybody I come into contact with. So is there another way that you have fueled your future with your past that you would want to share with the audience? Absolutely. And I work with women mostly, um, helping them navigate the darkness that you and I spoke about. But I also help women who have dreams and are uncertain of how to achieve those dreams or they've gotten to a plateau. Um, how am I able to do this? I'm able to do it, one, based on the experiences of my past, which would be the, the domestic abuse situation. And also the fact that I, I worked on many jobs where I gave up my shine um, because of insecurities and self-esteem issues, not wanting my bosses to um, get upset with me or be in conflict with me if I, if I had great ideas. So I always felt like I had to dumb down in order to fit into an environment. Um, and that's because my self-esteem was not per, uh, properly nurtured and I wasn't confident enough. And so, you know, as a part of my healing, my mentor asked me, what do you want to do 10 years from now? And I was like, dude, I don't know what I want to do today. <laughs> and he was like, you know, the, the way that we create our future is by looking at the big picture. So yes, it's great to set goals for six months. It's great to set goals for a year, but we have to set big picture goals and reverse engineer everything from 10 or 15 years out. So as a result of my life experience as a woman, being a divorced mom, being a mom, sitting on jobs that you know I had to really dumb down on, um, broken heart, relationships, sexual abuse, all of those uh, experiences have fueled me to connect and tap into other women 
who want to overcome those challenges in their lives and really help them to see that the past doesn't have to anchor them. They don't have to be shackled. They can actually take ownership. And a lot of people don't change because change is hard. But I teach women how to evolve. To change means that we, we have to stop being one thing and become another thing. But when we evolve, we're carrying our experiences with us, but we're actually converting those experiences by pulling the power out of them. And so what did I learn and what do I teach? I, I teach how to create a success blueprint for your life. I, I help women identify their vision, their mission, their core values. Um, I help women to look at what they want in relationships. We see red flags all the time, you know. We see them, but because we have this need, this desire to be loved, to be wanted, um, to fill this void in our chest, uh, we keep going from relationship to relationship without really healing ourselves and identifying who we want in our lives. And so I run an organization called The Power of Her. I have also authored five books. Um, all designed to help women come through those situations and move from where they are to where they want to be. I'm also the author of, of the publisher of a magazine, The Evolving Woman magazine. And in that magazine, I share stories of other women like you, Amy, who have um, had some situations in their lives and they've grown past those situations. And this is another mentorship tool because it's through those stories that other women become inspired and they can see that I'm not alone. And so I have women of all nationalities, all races, all colors, um, all religious beliefs. Um, I have a, just a variety of women in this publication that share. And that's another way that I give back because that's again, a free publication. And so my past, even though I was told that I would be nothing, even though I was told that I would not land a good man, I couldn't have a good job, I was told all of those sorts of things. And I lived up to those things for quite some time. I lived up to those spoken words. But, the, the, but there came a day when the switch came on and my mentor said that you have so much potential. And sometimes people see in us what we don't see in ourselves. And we need somebody to guide us to the next level of ourselves. And that's exactly what I do. Um, that's exactly what happened in my life. I learned how to take responsibility for my life. I learned how to realize that I'm not a victim, that I choose to sit in victimhood, but I could choose to make different choices that pull me out of victimhood. When I go in a valley, I've learned how to get the lessons from the valley and emerge more powerful than I went in that valley. And those are the things that I help women to come into. Uh, 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 women, we have so much power, but we just give it away. And so these programs that I have, the retreats, the coaching programs, the magazine, the books, they're all based on real life experiences that accumulate together my past, I'm at the first 30 years of my life, but they also demonstrate the power of how healing and learning and educating and leveling up and staying in personal growth can help you create the best future from a foundation of a broken past. Yes, 
I wish people could see you right now and we're here. I wish I was in a room with you. You are such a light and such a beacon for other people. And you are for sure feeling the future with your past in all the right kinds of ways. I feel like I'm looking into the type of person that I'm becoming. Like I'm on my way and I'm looking and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you and I can see it. Like you are standing in your authenticity and you aren't just speaking it. You believe it because this is you and this is your experience and you mean business. I love it. Thank you so much. How do we find you online? Where do we go? And I know you have a, a resource. It sounds like it's the blueprint. So how can anybody who's interested find it? Well, my website is duquesadine.com. That's my first and last name, duquesadine.com. Um, what I'm going to do, we had a free download of a guide to create your blueprint. I'm going to have my uh, my web team put it back up and so that your viewers can actually just go and download that six-step guide to help them create their blueprint. I'll have that ready for you um, by tomorrow. Um, but on social media, I am Duquesadine. If you just look up my name, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, the Evolving Woman Facebook group. It's a lot of inspiration and motivation out there. I didn't even know you had your hands in so many different buckets when we talked <laughs> earlier. You're blowing my mind. When I get off, I'm going to have to like do all like the web search. <laughs> I so appreciate you. I feel like this conversation was a, a good one and right on time. It aligns right with the title of this podcast, Roots Change. They change, but we have to dig them and pull them out. We have to get to the source and then change it. And we don't just change it for ourselves. We change it for everybody around us, our communities, and everyone that comes after. Absolutely. And I'm so proud of you. Amy, I just, before we end, I just want to say how proud I am of you for doing this work. This takes courage to share vulnerably and to have your audience be exposed to other women because now you're helping to inspire them. And I love that in you. I love when we're able to be vulnerable, to let other people see that you're not alone. Um, and, you know, stay in personal growth and development because I know your, your future is just so bright. And if I can ever help you, you link me. Well, you have a fan. I appreciate you so much. Um, all the details are going to be in this podcast episode notes, or you can head to the website and have all the access that you need. I'm speaking to my listeners, not to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'm over here wondering how I got so lucky that you would come on here. I'm, I'm such a newbie. And what you're doing for me and what you're doing for other people is exactly what that person did for you. He was like a guardian angel. Yeah. 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 So yeah. thank you. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. I mean, come on. These are the stories that I want to share. These are the stories that we all need to hear. These are the real life people that help us to feel and be more empowered. Dequesta is absolutely amazing. What she's doing in her life and how she's helping people 
that are in similar situations is phenomenal. I talked to her after our interview and was absolutely just blown away. Pretty sure I cried. I turned to mush uh, when I'm inspired. Accept me for who I am. As unique and wonderful as she is, what I want you to really take away from this conversation is that so are you. We all are. There is nothing that I haven't done that you can't do, that she has done that you can't do. We are so much bigger than our circumstance. We are so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. We are deliberate creators. We just have to rise and take a step forward, and then another, and then another. Roots change, and it happens with every choice we make. Until the next time, you are loved, you are worthy, and you can achieve anything.